time, Bravender, and we're going to learn a little bit of the parasha of Shlach, this week's parasha. We're interested in Kalei ben Yifune. We'll explain that in a moment. And this year is dedicated by Abraham Grossbaum for the yard site on the 22nd of Sivan. Le'ilui nishmat bracha atzvi hirsh aleha ha'shalom. So the parasha begins in a kind of a quiet way. Ve'edaber Hashem el Moshe le'imo. And it's apparently Hashem who takes the initiative. He's going to speak to, Mo, to Moshe. Shlach lecha anashim, you Moshe Rabbeinu. Send people, men, anashim. And they will look into the matter of Eretz Kedan. They will travel around and find out what's going on. Asher Yisrael, that very Eretz Kenan, which I am giving to B'nai Yisrael, Ishechad, you should appoint one man, one man Limate Avotav in his in his tribe, Limate Avotav the tribes, family, the family tribes, Tishlachu, you send them. This is the. The, the anashim that we're talking about should be one from each tribe. Tishlachu, kol nasibahem, and it should be the um, the nisiim, the nisiim that you that you sent. Okay, let's look at how Rashi treats this pasuk. Shlach lecha anashim. Hashem says to Moshe, "You do it." Lama nismecha parashat meraglim the parashat Miriam. Rashi thinks there's something that we have to know, which is not exactly what we call commentary, but it's a quote from the Medrash, which is interested in connecting parashiot to each other. Since the Torah was not entirely um, chronological in its presentation, there must be some other principle that allows uh, for the order, the specific order. So the Rashi, so the Medrash asks, Why is it that the story about the Miraglim, the spies, comes after the story about Miriam and her Lashona Hara that she spoke about Moshe Rabbeinu? Lefi. She, Miriam, was punished for the Lashon Hara that she spoke, that she spoke about her brother. And these wicked ones, that means the ones who came to look into the, the place, the Miraglim, they saw and they did not accept uh, the lesson that was taught by Miriam. Even Miriam, even such a noble personality, a woman who was certainly a prophetess, was punished for Lashon Hara. 
surely they would be punished. They should know, they should understand that they would be punished if they spoke Lashon Hara about Eretz Kenan. So that's the first thing that Rashi says. Rashi sort of saying they had a warning. It wasn't just a test in the manner of testing Avram Avinu. It wasn't just a test. Here's something hard to do. Let's see if you could do it. But B'nai Yisrael were warned that if you speak Lashon Hara, certainly about something that was promised by God, if you if you speak Lashon Hara, then you will pay the price. They didn't pay attention to that. Now Rashi comes up with the important statement that he's going to make about about the particular issue that's before us. The Pasuk says, Shlach Lecha. Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, You, Lecha. Now what is Lecha? It's a kind of an emphasis. Shlach. Verily. But Rashi explains, Ledatcha. Do it after you consider it. Ledatcha. Ani eini mitzabelecha. I am not commanding you to send these uh, these spies. Intertzeh, shlach if you want, send them. The Fishabau Yisrael Amru. After all, we know the story. The other part of the story is told at the beginning of the Barim. Nishlecha anashim lefanenu. They came and they said, "We want to send people so that the the insiders." Were the people themselves, the people of Israel, not Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu, then Dvarim says, You all came to me. And Moshe Rabbeinu consulted with Hashem. Moshe Nimlach Bashkina. Amar. I told them that it is good. And they should have listened to me. Because I never told them anything that was a lie. I will take you out of the poverty of Mitzrayim. And I will bring you to a good place. I take an oath. Shani notain lahem makom lit'ot. So somehow Moshe Rabbeinu said, if they want that, there's something wrong with them. I told them that this was God's will. This is what they should be doing, but, but, chayehem. I, I, I take an oath. Shani notain lahem makom lit'ot. I'm gonna give them an opportunity to make a mistake with the var hamaraglim, leman lo yirashua, they're going to make they're going to be able to make a mistake, and they won't be able to inherit the land. So I would say that there's a little bit of confusion. Who did it, and who's responsible? I mean, and this confusion is generated both by the pasuk and by Rashi. So if I, if the takeaway is that the Torah wants us to understand that when it comes to, to making big decisions, it's very difficult to know who's responsible for that decision. 
very difficult. The people were clearly not as they should be. They didn't learn from Miriam. They didn't learn from the fact that God was angry at Miriam. Pasuk says, the Pasuk, we got to Pasuk, the third Pasuk, which one second. The second Pasuk is Shlach Ranashim, which we did. Vayishlach Otam Moshe Mimidbar Paran. Just one second, let me. Al Pi Hashem. So we see Pasuk Gimel Moshe Rabbeinu did what Hashem apparently told him to do Al Pi Hashem. But if it's all Al Pi Hashem, if it's God's handiwork, why blame B'nai Yisrael Al Pi Hashem Kulam Anashim? All of the people he sent were in the category of Anashim. It's a Hebrew word. Yes, it's true, but it's also a category. Rashi B'nai Yisrael Heima. Rashi B'nai Yisrael Heima. Let's look at the Rashi again. Al Pi Hashem. You see the Rashi Al Pi Hashem? One second. Birshuto. With God's permission. Al Pi Hashem, according to Rashi, doesn't mean that God instigated it or, or, or Told people, told Moshe Rabbeinu to do it. Moshe Rabbeinu spoke to God about it and received permission. And Rashi says clearly, he didn't prevent him from doing that. Continuation of the Pasuk is Kulam Anashim. You see that? Kulam Anashim. Any time the Torah calls a group or people anashim, it's lashon chashivut. Lashon chashivut means it is uh, it, it indicates that they are important. They're not just people, but they are important people. Kolam anashim, kol anashim shemikra lashon chashivut. Rashi, So why did he call them? Why did he call them Anashim? Because at that time, before they went and before they established themselves, they were they were positive people. They were the right people to choose. They were the people who were going to come back with the right report, even though Moshe Rabbeinu was mistaken. Moshe Rabbeinu was mistaken. Then there's a pasuk, a pasuk. Then there's a list of the names. They're so important. They each have names. The Matei Ephraim, Hosea Binun, of the tribe of Ephraim, the Nasi, or the representative, was Hosea bin Nun. Pasuk Tetzayin 
summarizes and says, Here are, these are the names of the Anashim, of the important people, which Moshe Rabbeinu sent. Hashem gave him permission, but Moshe Rabbeinu sent him. And then there's a, an add-on in the Pasuk. Yoshua. Now, what does that have to do with anything? What does it have to do with the Miraglim? What does it have to do with anything that we are talking about? Rashi, Pasuk Zayin. Vayikra Moshe Lo'oshea Binun Yoshua. He changed his name. Why? Rashi says, Itmalel alav. Ka, that's God. Yoshi Acha, Me'atzad Meraglim. So, we know that Moshe Rabbeinu had a special relationship with Yoshua. That Yoshua was kind of his man in his dwelling, looked out for him when necessary. So here we see that Moshe Rabbeinu went out of his way. To change something about Yoshua ben Nun. Yoshua ben Nun was a positive person and was respected by Moshe Rabbeinu, as we learned in a previous in a previous year. Here, Moshe Rabbeinu is changing his name. Now, what does changing the name do? Well, changing the name, according to the Rambam, according to Gemara, but the Rambam Shuba says. You you could become a new person. A person could become a new person by changing his name. Okay. I don't say that it always works, but I say that it might work. And Moshe Rabbeinu and the Rambam includes that in the ways a person could affect his own tshuva, his own repentance. He can change himself. Seems like difficult. Seems unreasonable. But you can do that. You can change yourself, so Akadosh Baruch said to Adam Arishon, give them names, talking about the animals. Join me, Akadosh Baruch said to Adam Arishon, to first man, to join me in creating the world. Because if you can't talk about the animals, they're not there. You have to be able to talk about them, and therefore you have to give them names. So we see that giving a name is an important thing. We have to quote Avram and Avraham, or Yaakov and Yisrael, Sarai and Sarah. These were not accidental events. 
but they were designed to change the people involved, to make them lose their past and gain a new start. So what does this have to do with Yoshua ben Nun? After all, he's sending, he's sending people to spy out the land. So he expects them to tell the truth. Why is he giving Yoshua a new name? Why is he giving Yoshua a new name? So we have uh, the things we don't understand. We don't understand who did it, who's responsible, who's going to be punished. We don't understand all of those things. We know when they came back and they reported as they reported, which is something we're not going to go into now, but the Pasuk Lamed tells me something that's quite amazing. He kind of said something that caught their attention. Kalev, he became kind of a, a leader at the moment. It was like not even charismatic. It was just madness. He took a stand suddenly, Vayas et ha'am el Moshe. He said, Moshe is our leader. El Moshe, Vayomer, Vayomer. Alo na'alev yerashdu et ha'ota. We will go up, alo na'alev. Alo na'alev means very much. We're very much going to do it. We're not going to just do it. We're going to do it very. And we will inherit that land. We will be able to do so. How did he know? How did did he know something that nobody else seemed to know? Well, he knew it because Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu, told B'nai Yisrael, they knew it. And as far as knowledge exists at all, they had perfect knowledge. Pasuk Lamed in Rashi, Pasuk Lamed in Rashi. Here it is. Ayaz Kalev. The Rashi says, he shtiket kulam. Shtiket kulam? That's, that's leadership. That's someone who can call attention to him, so I have something to say. I want you to listen. It would work well in the movie. He shtiket kulam. They all realized that he had something very important to say. They all were waiting to hear what he would say about Moshe. 
Tzavach V'amar, Rashi says, he screamed out. And he said as follows, You think this is the only thing that, do you remember that this is the only thing that Ben Amram, that Moshe Rabbeinu did in our, for our benefit? And so everybody was quiet because they all thought he was going to tell uh, something negative about Moshe Rabbeinu. They listened to the Muraglim and the Muraglim sort of implied you're not going to be able to conquer the land. And so they were angry at Moshe, who told them that they would be able to to, to, to uh, conquer the land. They all kept quiet. I mean, Rashi doesn't say how a person could, could take a whole nation and, and keep them quiet, but he said they must have thought that they were going to hear something that they were interested in hearing. Asu, Direm Raglim, Kulam Lishma Gnuto. They all kept quiet, anticipating something negative about Moshe Rabbeinu. Amar, Valokar Aladuatayam, he, he, Kalev said, Amar, he said, isn't it true that he split the sea, and he gave us the man, and then the, this I gave us the slab. In other words, he tried to say good things about Moshe Rabbeinu. He tried to say, if you have Moshe Rabbeinu against the Meraglim, of course you're going to listen to Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu is proven. He's done it. He's been able to save us again and again. Who wouldn't take Moshe Rabbeinu? Even if we have to go up to it was Rajiv's way, what is twice the, 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 the language that's used. So Rashi, Rashi says, if Moshe Rabbeinu would tell us that we should go up to the heavens and conquer the heavens and live up there, we would be able to build ladders and go up and accomplish what Moshe Rabbeinu, what Rabbi, Moshe Rabbeinu said. Okay, that was Chalev ben Yifuneh, but before we go on, what happened to Yoshua ben Nun? The man whose name was changed. The man who was knew better than anybody else who Moshe Rabbeinu was. I'm not sure if he knew better than anybody else, but he certainly knew Moshe Rabbeinu very well. Where is he? Where is this Vayas Kalev? Kalev understood something and Yoshua Benun didn't understand it. Vayas, the Rashi, the Shon Shtika, silence, he silenced them all, Kalev. Vichain, and quotes several, uh, several other psukim. So we end up with with like several questions. But the second question that we end up with, second question we end up with is, 
What happened to Yoshua bin Nun? Where is he? Where is he? Rashi says, This is the way people act. The Rotzelich that take Agudat Adashim. You want to keep people quiet? Omehas. That's the word that's used. I mean, you could have, the Torah could have written Shtika, but the word has is the word that he, that he actually, he actually used. The next chapter in the parasha, Bamidba Perikudala, continues the story. What is the Vayivku? Pasuk Bet Vayilonu Al Moshe, they leaned against Moshe and Aaron, called Bnei Yisrael Vayomru Aleihem. Bnei Yisrael said to Moshe and Aaron, Kol Haida Lumatnu Be'erz Mitzrayim. You know, they knew how to do it, how to rub it in, how to make Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron Akon feel terrible about what they had done. Lumatnu Beres Mitzrayim. Lumatu means halavai. We should have died in Mitzrayim or in the desert when we came here. So why would God bring us to this land, Linpol Becherev? Nashenu v'tapenu yiyu levaz. I mean, we're going to go to war, we're going to lose, and we'll be destroyed. We're better off going back to Mitzrayim. And each, everybody looked at his fellow, one to the other, and they said, let's go back to Mitzrayim. When Moshe and Aaron fall on their face, it means they don't know what to do. They don't know what the leadership demands of them. And then Yoshua bin Nun Nukalei ben Yifuneh min hatarim et ha'aretz karubik dehem and suddenly you have Kaleb and Yoshua in an act of mourning about the situation that was created that Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron Akkoin can't pull them out of. After all, they believed him. They believed Moshe Rabbeinu. Ach, Hashem al-Timrodu, do not rise up against God. Vatem al-Tiru et am ha'aretz ki lach. Menuhem, 
that's what they said, but they didn't have the power to convince anybody. You imagine the truth is being stoned. They wanted to kill them for kind of denying their, even though they were only two against ten. And we know that the principle of Achei Rabbin you go with the majority, is a very important Torah principle. Nevertheless, the people took umbrage at what had happened. What do you mean? How can you disagree with us? How can you tell us that you disagree with us and you also want to be leaders? And suddenly God appeared, El Kobene Yisrael. Hashem said to Moshe, How much longer will they annoy me, these people? How long will it be that they don't believe me? And you understand. You understand, although the topic is, it's an aside, but you understand that the difficulty, the difficulty that, that B'nai Yisrael had to overcome, which was born into them because they were part of the world, was that God is always faithful to the promise. If God promises it, it has to happen, even if it doesn't look like it's happening at this moment. And so, and so we have a repeat of the story of the Egel Azahav, which indicates that the Torah imagines we understand that the Egel Azahav and the Miraglim are the same. They're both an attack on information that comes from God and and the opportunity was taken to deny, to deny God. And Moshe Rabbeinu speaks to the people in the way he spoke to God. He speaks to God here as the same way he spoke to God with the Chet Egel, it says, "Shamu Mitzrayim keleita bekochachat amazeh mikirbecha mikirbov amru al yoshvei haaretz azot shamu ki ata Hashem bekerev amazeh." So, so this is something that could be uh, could be uh, reviewed again, but it's not the question that we were looking. for for the answer to. So if you look at Pasuk Havdalet, Pasuk Havdalet says, Vavdi Kalev, Ekev Haita Ruach Acherti Mova Yimalei Acharai, Vavioti Velaaris, he said, since Kalev was different, he had a different spirit about him, and he continued to trust Hashem. And I will bring him to that land 
Asher Bashama that we are coming to Vizaro Yurishena Zaro Yurishena. Okay. We look at that Pasuk in the Rashi Asukov Dalit. Asukov Dalit. The Pasuk said that Kalev had a different spirit. There was another one, another spirit. So Rashi says, Rashi says, uh, there were two kinds of feelings that he had. One feeling was what he said, and the other was what he thought. I am with you. I will speak the same words that you speak. But in his heart, he wanted to tell the truth. And so Rashi said, this is where he got the strength from to quiet them down, to listen to what he had to say. They all thought that he, Kalev, would say what they said. I will respond in the manner that my heart allows me. But not the way I speak. Okay, etc. So we see that Kalev was a conflicted personality. Conflicted personality. People thought that he was against going to Eretz Kanan, whereas in his heart he was in favor. Now, just one more, one more pasuk. This is Dvarim Perik Aleph. You know Dvarim Perik Aleph, Moshe Rabbeinu reviewed what happened with the Miraglim. So it says it's the last the last part of the sheets. The second sheet, the bottom. Vaishma Shemet called Divrechem Vaiktsof. God heard you, B'nai Israel, and was angry. And he took an oath. If any one of these people had Doharaz in this a despicable generation. Haraz et ha'aretz ha'tovah shenishpati l'tayt l'avotichem. 
זולתי כלב בן יפונה, הוא יראינו. Only Kalev ben Yifuneh will see the land of Israel, Uyirenu, Velo, and to him, Etenet Ha'aretz Asher Darach, but I will give him the land around Hebron that he actually walked through, Shedarach Ba'olivanav, and to his sons, Yan Asher Milei Acharei Hashem, Yan, Hashem Hashem because he did what Hashem uh, wanted him to do. So here you have it. The answer to the question is, <laughs> the question is, what happened to Yoshua bin Nun? What do you mean, Zulatika Leib Ben Yifune? Okay, Zulatika Leib Ben Yifune, and Yahushua bin Nun. But the way that Rashi sees the story, there are differences between Kalev ben Yifuneh and Yahushua bin Nun. Yahushua bin Nun was fortified by his change of the name. He became Yehoshua, which meant he contained within him a prayer to remain as he was, to understand that you, that Moshe Rabbeinu is the only source for divine commentary. And so there was no question about Yoshua Bidnun. He would certainly be the one who proposed listening to the divine prophecy given down by Moshe Rabbeinu. Kalev ben Yifuneh, however, represented everybody else in the world, and it was there was doubt in his mind. He didn't know how he should actually act with the peh or with the lev. Should he speak in a way that everybody would be happy and he would be able to give them what they wanted, so to speak. Is that what we, we should do? Or should he tell them, Masha Belibo, what is in his heart, what he's able to understand on his own, and the connection that he sees reasonable between the people, all of the people. That's why Yas Kalev, I have something to say to all of the people. So even though they are in a list, Yoshua bin Nun and Kalei bin Yifuneh, they're not the same at all. And they're not judged in the same manner. Yoshua bin Nun, the Talmud of Moshe Rabbeinu, the person who knew without a doubt, there was never a doubt in his mind, and therefore... He's not mentioned by the story that's told by Moshe Rabbeinu in the beginning of Devarim. Kalei ben Yifuneh, on the other hand, was was in mortal danger. Is he going to take a stand against the Miraglim, against the spies, or is he going to uh, give in? We see that that Kalei ben Yifuneh accepted the responsibility implied 
in telling the truth and became the hero of the story of the Miraglin. Have a good Shabbos. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you. Thank you so much.